Welcome to The Bachelor Breakdown, where we break down the game of life. Especially the games that men play. I'm your girl, Erica. I'm Ashley. Let's break it down. Today, we'll be breaking down being single and over 30. Let's get into it. So here's the play. Here's what you can't make up. Society and men want you to believe that being a woman, being single, and over 30 is a bad thing. And they'll even go as far as to say, like, oh, she's single and she's over 30. There must be something wrong with her. And I can tell you that that's a lie. I'm single. I'm 35. And my life is pretty fantastic. What about you, Erica? I agree. I mean, I didn't want to tell my age, but you did. (laughs) But uh, I'm single. I'm 37. And honestly, my 30s and being single is amazing for me because I spent all my 20s in two long-term relationships. Not bad guys, but just not the right guys because then I'd be with them, right? Right? But it's kind of funny what you mentioned, which is when people see a woman in her 30s and she's single, they think, well, something has to be wrong with her. She has to be a nut or overbearing. And the truth is, it's far from that. For a lot of women, and I think for a lot of men, it's just, you know, not just women. I know a lot of men deal with the same issue. And the question is, why does society look at single women as a problem to be solved rather than maybe she's just taking her time? Maybe she's fulfilled. Yeah, and I think, like, I think the pressures that women face, like, in their 20s like oh because of this of the narrative that you need to be settled down or you only have so much time to have children um the pressure that they put on women to be in a relationship or married and have Mm. kids by the time that they're 30 is unrealistic because they don't do the same to men like and they'll label like a woman who is single who's never been married who doesn't have kids like and she's over 30 as like a spinster there's something wrong with her whereas Men who are single and over 30, like, they're a prize. And I just think that those narratives are toxic. They are. And if a woman's focusing on her career, she's, you know, she's too, um, she's too driven. She's too, you know what I mean? She needs to slow down. Whereas a man who's focusing on his career and maybe not a relationship is seen as someone who's extremely ambitious. It's all positive. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm hoping I have a Kourtney Kardashian moment <laughs> where, you know, the love of my life is going to come in my 40s. And I'm fine with that because as much as society makes me feel like something's wrong, especially living in the Midwest. I mean, the first question, oh yeah. if I meet someone at Pilates class is, oh, my gosh, do you have kids? That's the first question. Mm-hmm. And I say no. They're like, are you married? That's the second question. And then after that, it's like I had the plague or something. It's like, you know. Well, well, no. yeah, well, well why not? Like, like <laughs> Exactly. Well, I think that the, the idea is that, or the narrative is that, like, a woman's worth and value is tied to how desirable she is or um, her ability to meet and be in relationship with someone or her ability to have children, like, they don't, that's not what, that, those aren't the values that they place on men or the assumptions that they place on men. And I feel like there's a real, so I have kids, I have two kids and I have my kids young, 
Um, but I feel like what drove me to that was that, you know, when you're growing and when you're a young girl growing up, the conversation about like relationships and sex isn't, oh, well, you know, it isn't constructive. Like they don't give you a lot of guidance in that. When you're a young girl, it's like, don't have a boyfriend, focus on your school and, or um, don't have sex. That's kind of like all I got. So as a, as a teenager, I met my ex and I start, we started dating in our teens. I spent my 20s in a relationship with him. I had kids young. We were never married, but we were engaged. It didn't work out. So now I'm in my 30s. I have two kids, but I'm single. So I never really got that time to live on my own, figure out what I like, what I didn't like, figure out what I really wanted for myself and what I didn't want for myself. Like I went from basically my mom's house. I spent a little, I think a year and a half on a college campus. And then I moved in with my ex fiance. It's like, I didn't get the time to live outside of a relationship, whether it was a relationship with my family or a relationship with a romantic partner. And I feel like for so many women who marry their high school sweethearts or date young and end up in long-term relationships, like you miss the, the portion of your life that is self-discovery, where you figure out if you really want to be in a relationship, if you really want to have kids, like, because, I mean, it's the truth. We grow up with narratives and expectations, you know, kind of put on us from like our families. A hundred percent. I mean, my story is, is similar to yours, but different in that, um, I, like you, I was in two, uh, well, one was four years in my 20s, one was um, seven years. And so I hadn't dated a lot. I still really haven't dated a lot, even at my age. I didn't have my first kiss till I was 18. I was a very late bloomer, okay? I had my first child um, at 20. <laughs> right? Very late bloomer. But, um, you know, so I spent my 20s in these relationships, and then like 31, 32, I was still in these long-term relationships. And they weren't horrible guys, but they had a lot of work they needed to do, and I stayed all this time. So that just caused more for me, in my opinion, more like battle scars is what I call them. And I've found that in my 30s, I was open to dating, but I was still finding I was dating that same guy, you know, the, the narcissist or not to say they weren't good guys. They were great guys, but they still had work to do just like I had work to do um, before they were really ready for a relationship. And so now I'm finding, you know, I haven't dated in two years and that's been by choice. Uh, remind the people it's not because I haven't gotten asked out. It's because by choice, remind them, but the thing, don't get confused. But the thing is that I haven't dated for two years as a choice because I had to say to myself, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, I knew I had to change something. And so I haven't dated for a year. I've been really working on repairing those scars from past relationships and really trying to become the best version of myself. So as much as I hear it from my grandmother, don't hear it from my parents, thank goodness. I know that it's not for me. I'm not someone who can just push myself to be in a relationship to say I'm in one. I have to really be crazy about the person and they have to be right for me. Otherwise, I can't lie to myself. I can't do it. Well, yeah, I think that's what 
another thing about like single women who are over 30, it's like you've either dated, you've either spent your whole 20s dating and you're like, I'm tired. Or you've been in a long-term relationship since your teenage years or early 20s and you're like, I'm exhausted. And you you spend your 30s kind of like recovering or really finding out what like. What you like outside of, you know, your identity outside of always, I would always go with the flow of whoever I dated. So it's been a real like cool thing for me to really say like, okay, like, what do you want to do, Erica? What do you like? Like, you know what I mean? Just good, yeah. getting back to the basics and getting to know myself better. Yeah. And for me, it's been like, so I spent, I mean, I'm so happy. <laughs> I don't want to sound like, oh girl, I, like, I don't want it to be like, oh, you, your relationship was bad. Like, But I'm so happy right now being single and I, I think we need to clarify because being single doesn't mean you're alone like I'm 35 I have two kids and I have so many close connected friendships and like family relationships that are caring and nurturing I never feel alone like sometimes I'm like whoa I got too many invitations to go to lunch or dinner or out this week like I am more connected and have more social um, outings than I ever had. And I was in a long-term relationship for over a decade. And I remember like being in, when I was in my relationship, I remember I was engaged. I had two kids. I had family. But I remember being so alone, like, and isolated. And, and I, what I realized now is that it was because all of my energy and like time and like physical labor and emotional labor, I was putting into raising two small kids and my relationship. And outside of that, like I didn't have the capacity. I held, I hardly had time for myself. So I didn't really have time to cultivate and nurture outside friendships and relationships because I, I was just spent. And now that I don't have that responsibility of managing someone else's feelings or expectations, like I really have the ability to be in relationships and connections that feel good and are mutual. And I think for a lot of women in their 30s, they realize that. You know, what's really interesting is um, uh, there's a lot of stats regarding this. And I want to read this stat. Yes. Don't take our word for it. Yeah. Yeah. There is research to support what we're talking about. <laughs> and that's, and that's the main thing that you and I really connect in it is that it's one thing to feel one way, but we're very much so realistic where we want to be able to also look at the stats, look at some figures. Yes. Because I'm a nerd in real life. Like I love research <laughs> and I also like feeling like I'm not crazy because in reality, like there people's beliefs and narratives and yes. the overall like societal expectations, they will have you believing that you're crazy or that you're the only oh, one that well. feels the way that you do. And it's, we're not like research supports <laughs> our opinions. And so that's why I love what you just said, which is your relationships that you have outside of a romantic relationship are ones that you're really nurturing right now. Mm -hmm. So you're actually not alone. If anything, you're just surrounded even more with more support and love. And that's a big thing for me too. My girlfriends are everything to me. We travel together, we make plans, we talk daily. And for me, that's extremely fulfilling as well as the relationship I have with my family since we're super close. 
So here's a stat that I love. It says that single individuals are more likely to frequently stay in touch with, um, to stay in touch, provide help and receive help from parents, siblings, neighbors, and friends than their married counterparts. Wow. In a 2016 study from Boston College and the University of Massachusetts, they said being single increases the social connections of both men and women. Wow. So I thought that was interesting that you say that because when we get in relationships, what do we do? We tend to become hermits <laughs> and kind yeah. of like we don't really expand or make time. And I understand it, um, but it's interesting that the, you know, the facts are here. Yeah, and I, that's one thing I always tell my daughter. She's 15 and she w- would like to start dating, but I, and I don't know if it's the protective part of me, but I, I also am open with her and have conversations like these with her. It's that <clears throat> I think when you date too young, you learn um, maladaptive behaviors. And what I mean is um, you learn to compromise on things when you really shouldn't. Like, I don't want, she's 15. I don't want her giving up her her volleyball or, or anything she wants to do because someone else will be mad that they're not getting her time. It's like, no, you get in where you fit in right now. Like, this is the time when you dedicate that to yourself. But you have your whole life to be in relationship. And I think that should be the narrative. Like, you have your whole life to be in relationship. And along the way, you will be in many relationships. But that, you know, your relationships don't, that they shouldn't, um, consume all of you. Like, you should have a full life. 100%. And I think another thing that I love what you said is that I think that men and I'm not a parent, but you know, I'm very involved in my niece and nephew's life. And I think that parents or caregivers need to have that same narrative that they have with their son as they do with their daughter. Meaning, what do we tell sons, boys all the time? You have time. It's more than Mm -hmm. enough time. Focus on you. Do you you know, live your life. But with women, it's a different narrative. It's, you know, hey, whether it's stay in shape so you can get the guy, go to the right college. These are things that I didn't have. My parents were never that way. I had the dude narrative, which is probably why I'm still single, very much so thinking I have millions of years to do what I want to do. But, you know, I've heard it from a lot of girlfriends where, you know, a lot of them went to college, the right college to meet the right guy. And their life was to look good. That was their job was yeah. to make sure everything was right and tight. And don't get me wrong, I want to look good too, but that's not my main focus. And I think that because that was a narrative they were taught from such a young age that a woman's value is only seen in her physical mm-hmm. and not what's in here and here. Whereas the, the boys, it's always, you know, we nurture them, be you, do this. So I think it's really about making sure that our boys and our girls are getting that same narrative. To really go out and be themselves. Absolutely, and I think I think older women realize that um, you know once they once once they have been in relationships, once they have been married, or once they do have kids. Like if you talk to an older woman who's who's been divorced, or her husband's passed away, or has grown adult children, and and they're single, and you ask them like, well, you never wanted to remarry, or you you don't want to be in a relationship. I think. What I hear from a lot of older women is like, no, like, 
I don't want the responsibility or burden of taking care of someone. And I think that it goes along with what you were saying. It's like women are raised to nurture and care for and be in relationships and serve. And there's even like research to support that. A professor from the University of Essex, (laughs) Emily Grundy, said like there's evidence that support, there's evidence that women spend longer on domestic tasks than men. Um, they do more emotional work. They still do more housework, cooking, cleaning, and you know all that. All that coupled with the responsibility of having a career or raising children. You know, men are men are raised to to provide, which is a big job. I'm not not to say that's not a huge thing, but it's a huge job. But providing and contributing contributing in a relationship are two completely different things. And I think once women reach a certain age, they're like, I don't want to, I don't do that anymore. And I think I'm there and I think I'm young to be there. Like I'm 35 and I'm like, no, I think I put my time in. I think I've done that. I think I've, I've cared for people and nurtured them for a really long time. And at this point in my life, like I'm not even interested in a relation, like a romantic relationship long-term because I just, I'm very comfortable with my freedom and my freedom to go and come in as I please. I don't really have to consider anyone's feelings. And it's probably horrible to say that I don't want to consider anyone's feelings. No, I I get it. I don't want to consider anyone's feelings and I don't really want the emotional labor of a relationship. I love my connections. Mm -hmm. I love my friends. I don't want to have to explain anything. And I'm, and I think if our relationships got healthier, then maybe. Yeah. But like yes. you said, like I want somebody who's worked on themselves and is fine being not in a relationship. That way, when they when we you know come together, mm-hmm. we both have a mutual understanding of this is mm-hmm. what I have to contribute. I'm not here to take care of you. Hundred percent. And we can you know like you either want this or you don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I and I completely can understand and identify with those stats. Um, and, and like you mentioned, I've spoken to many women that are older, even men, and they all have the same thing. If you can find the right person, which sometimes I feel is like finding a needle in a haystack, if you can find the right person, there's nothing more beautiful. Right. But if you don't and you rush and you don't take your time with it, there's nothing worse. I mean, it can really just drain you and strip you. I also think that there's a scarcity, there's a level of scarcity mm -hmm. that people would like for you to um, integrate into your life and like live with. Like people want to make you believe that you won't find anybody. Oh, there are 8 billion people. Oh, that level of fear. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there's 8 billion people here. Like there's someone for you. (laughs) You don't have to really settle. And you know what I always tell my close girlfriends, and I, and I say this to everyone, and this is what I go by, is that people look at me and they're thinking, you're 37, you have no kids, and I definitely want kids. Um, but I always say this, I'd rather take my time now mm-hmm. at 37 rather than at 37, because there's guys I could go say, let's just do it, let's get married, okay? Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't last because yeah. I wouldn't be happy. And I can't be authentic that way. It just no. doesn't work for me. No. So I could do that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just going to end in divorce. And it's not fair to that individual. And it's not fair to me. 
So I'd rather take my time now at 37 and maybe I meet the love of my life at 41. Maybe I meet him at 42. But I'd rather meet the love of my life at 42 as a full version of myself rather than rushing into something at 37 that I know is not right for me, getting a divorce at 40, having to recover from that, and then starting that road of trying to find the love of my life at an even older age. Yeah, why would you, like, you're single and you're happy. Why would you mess that up? Because you're trying to fulfill some societal standard. I mean, there's literally, there's, there's a stat for that. Yeah. According to happiness expert oh. Paul Dolan, a professor of behavioral science at the London School uh-huh. of Economics, women who are single with no children are the happiest. And oh. he explains that while men derive <laughs> benefits from marriage, the same mm-hmm. cannot be said for women, which I think is shocking because Well, I get it. <laughs> you, I mean, but you get you get it. Like you are single and happy, and why would you trade that in? And be miserable just because society says you should be. Relationships are too hard. And it's one thing I always say, and I think my grandmother used to say this, baby girl, when you go out and you start looking under rocks (laughs) is when you find roly polies and you find snakes and stuff you don't want. So that's the thing. Don't go looking for it. I just really believe that, you know, and I'm someone who's very strong in my faith. I believe that if you focus on you, if you have faith and you trust in God, it's like there's this illustration of Jesus, I don't know if you've ever seen this, and he's standing, and behind me is a little teddy bear, and there's a little girl in front of him, and the little girl is standing in front of him, and he's just like, trust me, because she wants the teddy bear so bad, but he's like, if you just trust me, if you have that blind faith to know that I know what's in your heart and what you want, I'm gonna provide it. Your person is out there, but you first have to trust that you're worth it, and that you can spend the time to pour into yourself, and that the right person is going to identify that and see that within you, and then it's gonna happen. But if you don't trust in yourself, if you live in fear, what are you gonna do? You're gonna round out and get in a bad relationship that's gonna cause even more damage to both parties, and it's not gonna end well. And you're gonna be even farther away from what you want. So that's my philosophy. I'll stop preaching. I love that. But that's what I live by, you know? I so, love that. I think that's beautiful. That's yeah. I'm just at the point so where it it'll happen when it's gonna happen. It, and right exactly. now, I'm enjoying my life. <laughs> exactly. So let's go ahead and move on to one of my favorite parts in the um, the podcast, which is what we call in-game adjustments, where basically we talk about new ways to approach the game in life based on what we just spoke about. So you gave a lot of great suggestions earlier, which was, you know, for you, you have a you have great relationships with your friends, with family. So a big thing I think right now while you're single and playing the waiting game is to really continue to cultivate those important relationships in our life and really to diversify that. Whether it's you have a group of friends that, um, you know, you talk about certain things in life. You have a group of friend that, friends that are the fun party friends and you have a friend that's the cafe we can sit and we can talk for hours. And like you said, travel with. Like friends that you travel. I have... One, I have a friend who I love to travel with. And it was it's interesting because we've traveled together with our exes before, like many times. Like we've traveled for years together. We traveled as, a, as families, like my family, her family, her ex, my ex. And when we both like exited our relationships, we traveled mm-hmm. just as homegirls. And I love it. It was the best trip for both of us. And mind you, we're older. 
Mm-hmm. But we both like had a moment where we looked, we were in Venice and we looked at each other and we were like, I'm having so much fun. Like, this is the it's best good. trip I've been on. And we had gone on some really nice trips before. And it's, yeah. and yeah. it wasn't because, I think it was because we, we just had the freedom to actually be and do what we wanted. Like, our exactly. exes didn't like to walk around they didn't like to adventure it was we were in a place we were in a house and we had everything brought to us whereas when we yeah. were single it was like we're ex- we're walking the streets of venice having fun and right having fun and just kind of exploring and it was a level of freedom that we were like oh this should it's nice. great this is right <laughs> well more of this <laughs> i'm the same way this yeah. on this. like so right? it is, it's very important to diversify your friendship 100 and cultivate those meaningful relationships all throughout your life. You don't have to invest oh, yeah. everything into just your romantic relationship. A hundred percent. I have a good friend, Miriam and I, we travel every year for two weeks. Well, actually for a month, I fly over and uh, we just travel all throughout Europe. And it's that. the best thing. And for me, it always resets me. You know, mm-hmm. she's the friend that is like family. We bicker like sisters and just have the best time. So I agree with you. There's nothing better, in my opinion, than that great like relationship with like another female that's like a sisterhood. So totally. Yeah. Another thing that's really important that I find that's good for me is cutting the noise because yeah, I don't know why, what people say. but everyone seems to think I've asked for their opinion or their guidance. And last time I checked, I did it. So that's another thing is that you've got to learn how to cut the noise. And really quick, I want to bring up, did you see the article recently with uh, Jennifer Aniston? I saw the pictures, girl. The pictures, I, I'm i 35. I don't look like Jennifer. I'm trying to look like Jennifer. I was like, oh, Jennifer. I saw the pictures. She looks so good. She looks amazing. But the thing is, she was saying that, you know, throughout her relationship with Brad, there was always these tabloid stories saying, you know, she's pregnant, she's pregnant. Then when they split up, they were saying that, you know, he split up with her because she didn't give him a child. She didn't want to mess up her body is what the tablets were saying, which was actually far from the truth. She had actually undergone IVF and it just didn't work oh, for her. Wow. It just didn't work. And sometimes yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. And it doesn't make her less of a woman. But the problem is, once again, and I strongly believe this, I'm just going to put it out there. Never ask a woman, I don't care what age she is, if she wants children if you don't ask it because you don't know no you don't know what they're struggling with don't ask it ever ask that but I thought it was really interesting the article that she had said you know she had struggled with this and um for her she had to cut out the noise because every tabloid was attacking her and attacking her you know her femininity because she didn't have a child or you know so I'm just saying if she can cut the noise with the world (laughs) on her shoulders we can cut the noise with a little chitter chatter around us. So yeah, and just really, I mean, it it all boils down to knowing what you want and like really releasing the expectations um, mm-hmm. that are put on you. A hundred percent. And and knowing what you want is also a big part of just pouring into yourself, which is the last one for me yeah. suggestion. Which is, you know, I'm type of person where I'm kind of a lone wolf. I love people love Mm -hmm. people, but I'm very much so a loner. And for me, you know, I worked in television for years and I would be so exhausted at the end of the day Mm -hmm. that I needed to literally go in a cave and just regenerate. (laughs) 
I don't want anyone talking. I don't want anything. And I found that those moments when I would shut off the world for a day or two and really just pour into myself Mm -hmm. was when I really came out even a better person. You know, sometimes we need that time just to focus on us, just to do us, um, to really, you know, be a better version. So whatever that is for you. I'm very much like you in that way. Like I'm very much an introvert. Mm-hmm. And, and the way I recharge my batteries is like being in solitude, like, yeah. like having the time to myself to rest and reset so that I feel my own cup first. I, I love, I heard this, I don't know who said it, I did not say it, but it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's the saying like you can't pour from an empty cup, but someone took it further and they said, let people benefit from your spillover. So pour, oh. pour into yourself so much that. that people benefit from the spillover the excess and yeah. I thought that was beautiful because I do too you can't really give from a deficit and if you do you you're doing it at the expense of your own self and your health and your well-being and if 100%. you really look at people benefiting you benefiting from you your extra your excess that mm-hmm. is a beautiful way to make sure that you give to yourself first and let let everybody benefit from from the the excess of what's coming up spilling over so I like that. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. Well, I honestly think that's a beautiful place to end, Ashley. Oh, thanks, Eric. I'm so excited for this. This has been so good. And and we wanted to start this podcast because Ashley and I are cousins and we would sit and we'd meet Ashley be like, girl, let's just go grab coffee. Let's grab tea. And we would have these great conversations yeah. just about life and, and what we were going through or people in our lives were going through. And it brought us such healing to have that time to just chat. And that's why we wanted to do the podcast so that we could just chat with you. And this is our first one, but we're going to have several and we're going to have different guests that are going to come on and give their opinion. And we're going to have it so that you guys can also join the conversation. But that's ultimately why we started this. We want to thank you so much for joining us on our very first episode. (laughs) And until next time, be you, do you, Love you. Love you. Bye.